Hey, everybody. Welcome to Did You Hear What Chocolate Said? My next episode. Today is um, a historic day. A day full of memories. A day full of, you know, introspection. Um, Today is September the 11th, 2021. And it's the 20th anniversary of the attacks on on the U.S., in um, New York City, the Pentagon, and Pennsylvania. And it's just something to think about and talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and get started then. I tell you, um, I was not going to do a podcast for today. But the more I thought about it, the more I felt like I needed to. Only because since 2001, September the 11th has become a day that I spend thinking a lot, even more than normally. For instance, um, September the 12th, is my son's father's birthday. So September the 12th was always a day of celebration for me. Well, I won't say always. I'll say for the past 20, 28 years, it has been. Um, But um, now uh, it hasn't. It's not. September the 11th now has been the primary day in September that I think about. Uh, I think about September 11th, and then I'll think about Labor Day, because I know Labor Day comes about a week before, um, whenever it is. But uh, September 11th is a day that I carry mixed emotions. Um, While I'm no longer walking around sad like I was for several years after 2001, I still remember. I still remember what happened that day. I still remember the sights and sounds. I still remember where I was. I remember what happened. Typically, after 20 years, memories fade. And um, yes, while some really intrinsic details may have faded in my mind, the big memories are still there how I changed, how this nation changed, how the world changed after September 11th, 2001. And I got to thinking about it. Okay, Sharon, what are you going to say about it, though? Do you want to just do the typical show where you just talk about what happened and it was horrible and then get into talking about why it happened or do you just want to talk about how you felt about it what are you going to say about it and so what i decided to do um especially after speaking to some uh other people who were very young when this happened uh under under 20 let's just say under 20 anybody under 20 years old since it's been 20 years um I feel like it's important for them to know what actually happened that day uh, 
and never forget it, just like we can, those of us who were older at the time. So 20 years ago, I was 35 years old. Don't tell anybody, but that's my real age. And um, I had had my one son and I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, you know, everybody asked the questions. What were you doing when this happened? When the attack started, what were you doing when you found out? Well, I was working. It was just a routine day. It was a beautiful day that morning. I remember distinctly on Good Morning America, they were broadcasting and talking about what a clear, beautiful day in Manhattan it was. I will never forget that. I remember the images and hearing their voices talking about the clear day. And I always watch uh, Good Morning America. And the reason why we had it on that morning, even though we were at work, is we just happened to keep the TV on in the conference room for some reason. I, I, that's the one memory I cannot remember why we still had it on. I know we had just got out of a meeting. And so I remember um, all of a sudden alerts. Some type of alert was going on on TV and we could hear breaking news, breaking news from the TV, coming from the TV. And so we looked at the TV. Somebody brought the TV in and said, hey, a plane just hit one of the uh, World Trade Center towers. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. They just said it's a clear, beautiful day. Clear day. No way a plane should be able to hit one of those towers accidentally on such a clear day. I see if it was foggy or something, but they're so high above the rest of the landscape and the buildings and so forth. No way you, you could accidentally really hit those towers unless there's some type of engine failure or something. But even then, there should have been some type of warning, something. I said, no. And then when I saw the footage of it flying low and going directly into the tower, one of my coworkers looked at me and I looked at her and we didn't say anything. But third, I think it's 13 or 17 minutes later when the second one hit, she said the words, the name to me that you never want to hear when you're talking about being attacked. And that was, you know who. I don't even want to say his name. But it was three names. I'll just say the initials. O-B-L. And I looked at her and I said, yep, that's got to be what this is. This is a clear day. So, you know, basically this is what happened. 19 men hijacked four U.S. commercial airplanes bound for the West Coast from the East Coast. A total of 2,977 people were killed that day between New York City, Washington, D.C., and uh, near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. 
It was orchestrated by OBL. That's been proven. And it was a day that this country, near I say the world, will never forget. Um, at the World Trade Center site, 2,753 people were killed when two planes hit both of the towers. So it was American Airlines Flight 11 and United Airlines Flight 175. And both of those planes were flown into the towers intentionally. There were 343 New York City firefighters, 23 New York City police officers, and 37 officers of the Port Authority of New York were killed as a result of those plane crashes and the subsequent collapsing of the both of both of the towers. The victims ranged in age from age 2 to 85. 75 to 80% of the victims were men. At the Pentagon in Washington DC, 184 people were killed. And that was American Airlines Flight 77 that crashed into the Pentagon, hijacked by these terrorists. Near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, there were 40 passengers and crew members aboard that flight. And that was United Airlines Flight 93. There's been a lot of movies and rec recantings of what happened or what may have happened on Flight 93. Uh, the reason why is because it ended up crashing in that field and no one knows where it was going to go. But I believe after investigation, it was determined the terrorists were going to take that plane and fly it into the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Some of the passengers found out what was going on after the hijackers took over the cockpit and they decided to fight back after they found out about the other three planes to keep them from carrying out their target. Bravery. That's bravery right there. So United Airlines Flight 93 crashed in a field near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Mm. So let's let's go over that really quickly. On September the 11th, 2001, 8:46 a.m., American Airlines Flight 11, that's the one that was leaving Boston to LA, hit the North Tower. At 9:03, United Airlines Flight 175, also traveling from Boston to LA, hit the South Tower of the World Trade Center. 9:37 a.m., American Airlines Flight 77 traveling from Dulles Airport in Metro DC to LA strikes the Pentagon in Washington DC. And then at 9.59, the South Tower of the World Trade Center collapsed. Took only 10 seconds for it to do so. Then at 10.03 a.m., United Airlines Flight 93 that's the one that was going from Newark, New Jersey to San Francisco, crashed in a field near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And then at 1028, 
the North Tower of the World Trade Center collapsed. So the time between the first attack and the collapse of both of the towers is 102 minutes. Um, hmm. It was really a shocking sight to see the towers fall. But I'm going to tell you what really got me out of September 11th. So this is going to be my personal experience. What really shook me was the fact that terrorists overtook a plane and was able to drive it into or fly it into the Pentagon. The, U the Pentagon is the seat of our defense and security. They have things at that Pentagon that no one is supposed to know about. They have all kinds of security measures in place. They have all kinds of sensors and whatnot, all types of protection measures in place. Even the way it's constructed with the rings, the walls are called rings. They're set up in a ring faction. And as you go inward into the building, there's different levels of protection and so forth. Terrorists were able to fly a plane across D.C. and into the seat of our security and our defense. That's what struck me. That's what shook me up. That's what had me terrified, to use that word. That's the reason why I lost it on September 11, 2001. The massive... Loss of life in New York City, yes, awful. But the fact that these terrorists had the nerve to do this in D.C. shook me even more. Because that means we're not safe. It's proof. For people to suggest that we aren't safe, that's one thing. But that proved it. And I was terrified. I was not alone either. So, um, here's something else I wanted to say about what happened that day. The remains of all the people that died in the towers have never all been identified. As of 2019, I think it was like 65% of them had actually been identified. The rest of the remains now are in a repository and under the protection of the Chief Medical Examiner's Office of New York City. They, may, they will probably never be identified. I believe the last remains identified through advances in DNA was in 2019. It's just to think about the loved ones who never got the remains. How do you say goodbye? So I try not to dwell on it, but that's a thought. How do you say goodbye? I tell you, it's a difficult prospect to think about. Um... 
let's talk a little bit about the economic in, impact of this. It only cost them about, they estimate about $500,000 to plan and execute the tax on America. The estimated economic loss during the first two to four weeks after the World Trade Center towers collapsed in New York City, as well as the decline in airline travel over the next several years, was $123 billion, with a B, $123 billion. The estimated cost of the World Trade Center site damage, including the damage to surrounding buildings, infrastructure, and subways, $60 billion. The value of the emergency and our terrorism package approved by the Congress on September 14, 2001, $40 billion. The aid package passed by Congress to bail out the airlines, $15 billion. And then insurance claims from the tax, $9.3 billion. It took 3.1 million hours of labor to clean up 1.8 million tons of debris. And it lasted until May the 30th, 2002, at a total cost of $750 million. Many changes came as a result of these attacks. First, we created the Department of Homeland Security as a response. This department merged 22 governmental agencies into one, including the U.S. Customs, the Immigration and Naturalization, the Coast Guard, and, the, and, and FEMA. As a result, over 80% of imported maritime containerized cargo is pre-screened before entering the U.S. Over 80%. Unheard of before then. Then, of course, they created that Homeland Security Advisory System with the threat levels and so forth. All of that, that was created as a result of 9-11. It also started a... a, a you know, the war got us back into this war. Trillions of dollars spent since then with Afghanistan, over in Afghanistan. Something like $8 trillion spent on that. You got to remember, this also was not the first attack on the World Trade Center. There was also one in 1993. Only killed it killed six people, but a lot of people were injured, and it damaged the world trade. And they had to fix up that. That's when somebody put a bomb laden truck in the basement garage and tried to blow it up from the bottom because they thought that's what that would bring the trade center down. Didn't work. And then they figured out, I guess, planes from the top would do it, and it did. On any given workday down at the World Trade Center, it was 50,000 employees worked in the towers. An additional 40,000 passed through the complex on any given day. And this was on a Tuesday. So, you know, it was a very busy day. It wasn't even on Monday, I don't believe. I think it was a Tuesday. I believe it was a Tuesday. And uh, it wasn't even on a Monday. You know, sometimes Mondays may not be as heavy because people extend their weekend. Well, Tuesday, everybody's back at work. <clears throat> everybody's there. I tell you, it was a very emotional day. It was difficult to explain it to the children. 
Um, I believe my son was elementary school at the time in 2001. He was seven, eight years old. I think he was eight years old. Yeah, he was eight years old. And so trying to explain it to them was difficult. We didn't want them to watch it. But then come to find out by the time he got home from school, he had already seen it on TV. They had it playing in the school. So he had already seen it. He had already heard about it. He never really asked a lot of questions about it. The only question I remember him him uh, asking is, okay, so are they done? Are they going to come back and attack us some more? And the only thing I could say is, I don't believe so, but I'm not sure. Um, he was a little nervous that night. He came in the room and slept with me that night in the next couple of nights. But he finally was able to go back to his room. Um, I had some post-traumatic stress regarding flying and so forth, even before September 11. But afterward, it was even heightened. Um, at the time, I was in a supervisory role with an insurance company. I had taken on a new position where I was rolling out new training for the district um, I worked. And I had to f travel back and forth between North Carolina and Cleveland and North Carolina and Tampa, Florida. And I had to do it. You're talking about anxiety before I got on these flights, uh, especially the ones to Florida. Now, the ones to Cleveland, I wasn't quite as freaked out by because the planes were smaller. And what I noticed is that they picked gem, um, jumbo jets that were f full of fuel going to California when they did the attack. So I guess the smaller plane going up to Cleveland, it didn't make me quite as anxious. But the one to Florida was a larger jet. And so I would get kind of freaked out by that. So anyway, I would get these panic attacks before I flew. I didn't stop flying. But I, but boy, I tell you, I, I didn't look at flying the same. And I still haven't. I still get even more anxiety even now if I were to take a flight after that. I no longer feel that we're so safe and secure. It's 20 years later. I still don't feel that way anymore. I'm still wondering when they're going to decide to put something together and try it again because they won't stop. I just can't dwell on it. So what do I do? Being a God-fearing woman, I pray, ask him to cover me and keep it moving. Keep on striving. That's all you can do because I can't let anxiety... And fear cripple me in that way. And I'm hoping it doesn't do that for you too. I'm hoping that you all are successful in not allowing that fear to cripple you. And that you can go out here and be your best self and live your best life. That's uh, the challenge for all of us since 9-11, 2001. Um, it's not a whole lot more I can say, um, except I don't want to be negative. I really don't. But this is a very negative event. But here is the one thing that I want to leave with you all.
And I would like for you to understand. And I don't mean to sound petty or disrespectful. But the events of 9-11-2001 was not all about New York. It wasn't just New York. Please remember that. There are families and loved ones of people that were lost in Washington, D.C., in Pennsylvania. And they cared about these people just as much as the loved ones and family members and everyone cared about the people in New York as well. Even though there was a larger loss of life at the World Trade Center than the other two locations, please remember everyone's life is important. And I guess I don't mean to look at it that way, but I guess that's the reason why it, it bothers me a little bit. Whenever you see the memorials, you see a lot of the memorials just show the towers. And they don't show anything else about the Pentagon or Pennsylvania or anything. And they're all just as equally important. I'll say that. It's not only about New York. It's a tragedy. It changed this world forever. It changed me forever. I know many people have been changed forever since the events of that day. So the first I mentioned earlier, I'm not as sad on September 11 as I used to be. um, Because about five years in, I was. Cried every year. Had to go see a counselor. Everything. And, um, And I would spend the day watching the memorials on TV, the live broadcast, the ringing of the bells and the saying the names. And I decided after about five years of that, I said, you know what? No more. I'm not going to do it anymore. And what I decided to do is use the day for self-reflection, for remembering what happened that day. And I do watch some of the old footage and remember And I'll pull out, pull up pictures of the old towers and the Pentagon and the field and remember. But then I would reflect on, okay, since last September 11, have I let the people who mean the most to me know how I feel about them, what they mean to me? Do I remember to say I love you as a last word? Every time I leave my loved ones, every time I get off the phone with my sister, every time I say goodbye to my son or goodnight to my son, do I tell him I love him? If he tells me he loves me, do I always say it back? Because you just don't know. I think about the people who were just going about their day, going to work, and never made it back home. I think about that. And this is the day to think about that type of thing. So how can you let people know how much they mean to you? Think about that. Reflect on that. Reflect on life. Are you honoring the life that you've been given by doing something impactful with your life? Are you doing that? Um Use it for good. 
it's it's just like uh, uh, other days of tragedy. Try to use that sad occasion for good. It's difficult to do sometimes, but we can do it. If you're a God-fearing person, just pray. Ask him to, to calm your anxious heart. Ask him to give you the thoughts and feelings that you need to, to get through the day, to keep you from being sad about the day, about the remembrance. But what you don't want to do is pretend like the day this is not the anniversary. Avoidance and denial is not the solution. That's what the counselors have told me. So you do want to work through it. You do want to talk through it. You want to sing through it. You want to draw through it. You want to record podcasts through it. You want to do whatever it is that helps you process it. But you don't want to deny it and pretend like it's not there. You want to deal with it so that you can get forward and live for September 12th and carry on. I know one thing I'm thinking about today is my little niece. I have a little niece whose birthday is this week. And we're going to go and we're going to sing happy birthday and eat cake. She's turning five years old. And so that's what I'm focusing on for the rest of this week after September 11th. Um, So, hey, it's September 12th. Um, On September 12th, I'm going to be getting up, going about my day. And I'm putting, you know, everything on September 11th behind me. And we're going to carry it out for a whole nother year. Whole nother year. And keep it positive. That's what we're going to do. So I just wanted to share those reflections. It is helping me process. Um, for, For some of you who were maybe young, very young that day and didn't know all the numbers, I hope this was able to give you some information that you hadn't heard before. And I didn't want to be the typical, I didn't want to be the typical show talking about the terrorists and why they did what they did and what our role was in it as a country and all of that. No, I just want to focus on how things have changed and how the events made me feel and made other people feel from that day. If you want an interesting take on it on YouTube, CNN actually has a video of the stories that they were covering prior to the attacks on September 11th, 2001. And so it was just regular old life. And then at the end of the video, it ends with, hey, this just in, we just we're looking at video of a plane that has hit the uh, South Tower or the North Tower, one of the two of um, the World Trade Center. And we're going to bring you more details as they unfold. It's very interesting to see how life was just skipping along. Check that video out. It's it's on uh, YouTube, CNN. Um It just proved to me to be very interesting. And it also brought back just the typicalness of that day, of that morning, before those events. So thanks for listening, you guys. I know this was kind of a down, down, down. It wasn't up and exciting like my broadcasts usually are. But 
just wanted to share that with you guys and to get through the day and encourage you. Use the tragedy for something better, for something more positive, for something greater in your life. Um, Process through it, though. Don't try to deny it. That's the message. So thanks for joining me on another episode of Did You Hear What Chocolate Said? Um, I'm coming back with more content uh, very soon. Um, It's probably not going to be as heavy as what we talked about today. But hey, sometimes you just got to go there, you know. Uh, We all need help, help and healing at one time or the other. So thanks for listening. And again, I wish you love, peace, and chocolate.